crucified, my Lord. Oh, sometimes it causes me to Tree of life to 
I'll be reading a chronological account from the four Gospels of our Christ's crucifixion, beginning with Jesus' time in the garden. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here, while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and very heavy. And then he saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. And he's withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and he kneeled down and he prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And Judas, which betrayed him, knew the place, for Jesus oft times resorted thither when they were with his disciples. Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, cometh thither with lanterns and torches and weapons. In that same hour, Jesus said to the multitude, Are ye come out against me as a thief with swords and staves for to take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple, and ye laid no hand on me. Then all the disciples forsook him, and they fled. And they that had laid hold on Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were sat down together, Peter sat down among them. And a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him, saying, This man also was with him. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. And after a little while, another saw him and said, Thou art also one of them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour after, another confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth, this fellow also was with them, for he's a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately while he yet spake, the cock crew. And Peter and the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out, and he wept bitterly. And the men that held Jesus mocked him, and they smote him. And when they had blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked him, 
prophesy who it is that smote thee. And many other things blasphemously spake they against him. And then they led Jesus from Caiaphas unto the hall of judgments, and it was early. And Pilate went out unto them and said, What accusation bring you against this man? And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to give tribute to Caesar, saying that he himself was a king. And Pilate asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And he answered him and said, Thou sayest it. And then said Pilate to the chief priests and to the people, I find no fault in this man. And they were the more fierce, saying, He stirreth up the people, teaching throughout all of Jewry, beginning from Galilee even into this place. And then said Pilate unto him, Hearest thou not the many things that they witness against thee? And he answered him never a word, insomuch that the governor marveled greatly. And Pilate said unto them, You have brought this man unto me as one that perverteth the people. And behold, I have examined him before you and have found no fault in those things that you are of, ye have accused him. I will therefore just chastise him and release him. And now at that feast, the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner whom they would. And they had then a noble prisoner, a notable prisoner called Barabbas, which lay bound with them that had made insurrection with him, who had committed murder in the insurrection. And Pilate answered them, saying, Will you that I release unto you the king of the Jews? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate saith unto them, What shall I then I do with Jesus, which is called Christ? And they all say unto him, Let him be crucified. And then Pilate said unto them, Why? What evil hath this man done? And they cried out, the more exceedingly, crucify him. And when Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, that he took the water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. And they answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. And then released he Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. And then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the common hall and gathered unto him the whole band of soldiers. And they stripped him and put on him a scarlet robe. And when they had plaited a crown of thorns, they put it on his head. And they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit upon him. And they took a reed, and they smote him on the head. And after that, they had mocked him. They took the road from him and put his own raiment on him and led him away to crucify him. And when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and one on the left. And then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And a superscription also is written over him, the letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. And one of the malefactors, which were hanged, railed on him, saying, If thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not, now, dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds." But this man hath done nothing amiss. 
And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus saith unto him, Verily I send to thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. And it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. And at that ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Lie, lie, lama sabachthani, which is being interpreted, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? After this, Jesus, knowing all things that were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. And there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with water and put it into hyssop and put it to his mouth. And when Jesus therefore received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. And the veil of the temple was rent and twain from the top to the bottom. And when the centurion, which stood over against him, saw that, he so cried out, he gave up and, and, and given up the ghost, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. Oh, it is. 
We just heard a scripture reading a few minutes ago as we heard about the journey that Christ took from the garden to the courtroom and then to the cross. During this service, we want to take some, some time to consider what happened that night on the cross. Many things took place. Jesus died for our sin. And as you heard in the Scripture reading, there were two men that's, that hung, one on either side of Christ as He died on the cross that night. Tonight, I'd like to take just a few minutes to look at God's Word and consider those two men and ask this question. Which side of the cross are you on? The Bible says in Luke 23, They were come to the place which is called Calvary. There they crucified Him. And the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted His raiment and cast lots. And the people stood beholding. And the rulers also with them derided Him, saying, He saved others, let Him save Himself. If He be Christ, the chosen of God, the soldiers also mocked Him, coming to Him and offering Him vinegar, and saying, If thou be the King of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription also was written over Him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answered rebuking him and saying, Dost thou not fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. As we consider those two men that hung one on either side of Jesus Christ on the cross as He died for our sin, let us consider which side of the cross are you on? Jesus Christ hung between two thieves, a man on His right and a man on His left, with eternity at stake. You can be wrong about some things in life and still survive. But this decision, which side of the cross that you're on, this is the one that your life depends on. Both criminals that night as they hung there, they heard and they saw the same thing. But they came to very different conclusions. One was not willing to come to grips with his sinfulness. The second one says, we are condemned justly. We're going to see a few things from this passage tonight from these two thieves that help us to understand our relationship to Christ and His cross. 
One of the first things we can see here in this passage is that your understanding of your sin will determine which side of the cross you are on. One of the thieves understood that he had sinned, that he had done wrong, that he deserved to hang there. The other thief railed against Jesus. He mocked Jesus. I would ask you, which side of the cross are you on? The Bible says in Romans 3, verse 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If we do not fully understand the extent of our sin, then we will not be able to know which side of the cross we are on. Because we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, none of us is able to get to God on our own. In fact, the Bible says in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, for the wages, that's the payment of sin, is death. It's important to understand that that death is not just physical death, but eternal death, eternal separation from God in hell. While we deserve, sin, while we deserve death because of our sin, the rest of the verse is a wonderful promise that gives great hope to us. It says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, there may be some that say, well, I'm not that bad of a sinner. And yet the Bible says in James 2 and verse 10, for whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. So whether you've just sinned one time or many times, whether you would be seen as a pretty good person or not a nice person at all, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You must understand the extent of your sin to determine which side of the cross you are on. The measure of your sin is not how you measure up against your neighbor, but how you measure up to a holy God. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to share the gospel with a man. I got in my van. I was out taking some supplies down to help with the new church that we're starting. And as I got in my vehicle to start it up, it gave a couple of clicks and promptly did not want to start. Now here, we're just beginning our hot season of the year. And so uh, my battery had been kind of acting a little funny lately. It hadn't been starting as promptly as it should. And so I thought, well, it might be about to die. And sure enough, yesterday it died. I believe God allowed that for a purpose because just across the street, there was an auto zone and I was able to get a jump and I went over to auto zone. I went inside and began to talk to a young man there and he helped me with all the things that I needed and figured out the proper battery and I was going to change it out, but he offered to change it for me. So while he stood there changing my battery in the parking lot at AutoZone yesterday afternoon, I took that opportunity to introduce myself to him and then begin to share Christ with him. I asked him if he knew if he were to die, where he would go, if it would be to heaven or to hell. And he said, well, I, I think I would go to heaven. I said, well, going to heaven is not about you and a church. It's not between you and a priest or a preacher. There's no good works that you can get there. Based on the Bible, how do you know that you're going to go to heaven? And he said to me, well, I'm doing pretty well. I'm a nice person. I do good things. 
And while I'm glad he's doing nice things, unfortunately, no amount of good works will get you to heaven. You must understand the extent of your sin to determine which side of the cross you're on. On your best day, you are not good enough to measure up to a holy God. There was one thief that night that hung on the side of Christ who was willing to recognize his sinfulness and that he deserved judgment, but the other did not. Which side of the cross are you on? Do you understand your sin, that you are a sinner and that you deserve God's judgment? Which side of the cross are you on? Not only do we see that it's our understanding of the extent of our sin that determines which side of the cross we're on, but also your understanding of Christ and who He is will determine which side of the cross you are on. Notice these two malefactors, these two thieves. One of them railed on Christ. He joined in with the, the other crowd that was mocking Christ. The other one recognized who Christ was. You can ask a lot of people if they know who Jesus is, and many will say yes. It's one thing to respect Him. It's another thing to believe that He is God incarnate. It is one thing to believe that He exists, and yet it's another thing to trust Him as your Savior. One thief understood that Jesus had done nothing wrong. The other mocked Him. One thief recognized his own sin and that only Jesus could save him. The other thought of himself as equally deserving salvation with Jesus. He said, save yourself and us. See, Jesus is the Christ, the Holy One of Israel, the, the Messiah. It is through Him that we know the Father. Jesus Christ Himself said this in John 14, 6, for God, that, I'm sorry, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He is the only way. He is the truth. He is the life. The one man wanted to be delivered from his present situation. Just get me off this cross. He only saw Jesus as good enough to fix his earthly situation. The other man understood that the situation was bigger than his problems here on earth. There are many people today that are crying out to God for salvation from this coronavirus and crying out to God for salvation from the economic situation that we find ourselves in. But we must realize, you must realize that God's salvation covers far more than your earthly problems. He offers salvation from sin so that we can have not just earthly life, but eternal life. The verse I started to quote a few minutes, uh, seconds ago, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The first man wanted Jesus for this present time. The second one wanted Jesus for eternity. The first one didn't believe in the resurrection. The second one did. He said to Jesus, remember me when thou comest into that ki thy kingdom. The first one joined the crowd and mocked Jesus. The second one went against the tide. 
He was more concerned about where he would spend eternity. Jesus answered that second thief. He said to him today, Thou shalt be with me in paradise. That man didn't have time to get baptized. He didn't have time to work to earn anything. He didn't have time to go to church. He didn't have time to keep the Ten Commandments. He was saved right then. He said to Jesus, remember me. He understood that he needed a personal Savior. He knew that he had sinned and he had broken God's law. You may have a mother or father where, who know Jesus and follow Jesus, but if you don't come to Jesus needing a personal Savior for you and for you alone, you can't have salvation. In this thief's wickedness and his badness as he's being punished, as he's hanging on the cross, he cried out to Jesus and he said, remember me. He believed that Jesus could remember him. He believed that Jesus was his Savior. He believed that Jesus wasn't going to stay dead. He believed that Jesus was going somewhere. What great faith in this man who looks over and sees Jesus hanging on the cross recognizing his own sin and calling upon Jesus, the man next to him who's dying, calling upon that man to save him because he believed that Jesus would rise again. And he believed that Jesus could take him with him. Jesus' response of assurance was this, Today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. So what happens when you trust Christ? Well, you immediately get saved. The man didn't have to wait. Jesus said, today. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Don't wait. Cry and call out upon Him for salvation today. You can be in church and still not go to heaven. You can watch an Easter service online and not go to heaven. You can be the nicest person and not go to heaven. God will not lower His standard for you or for anyone else. That is why you must come to God through Jesus Christ. Titus 3 and verse 5 says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. You see, there is a fork in the road, and that fork is at the cross. Which side of the cross are you on? Many of you have already come to that fork. You've already come to the cross. You've already made your decision to follow Christ and to choose Him, but others of you are mixing the cross with lesser things. You may think you have other options. But today, you must understand, based on Scripture, you must choose to come to God through the work of Christ or not at all. There is no halfway choice. No preacher or priest will get you to heaven. No good works or good morals will get you to heaven. It is Jesus Christ plus nothing. 
Will you accept God's offer of pardon and forgiveness of sin? Which side of the cross are you on? There's a story of two men back in 1829, quite a few years ago in our country's history. Two men by the name of George Wilson and James Porter robbed a United States mail carrier. Both were subsequently captured and tried in a court of law. And in May 1830, both men were found guilty of six charges, including robbery of the mail and putting the life of the driver in jeopardy. Both Wilson and Porter received their sentences. They were sentenced to execution by hanging to be carried out on July 2nd. Now, Porter was executed on schedule, but Wilson was not. Wilson had some influential friends who pleaded for mercy to the President of the United States, Andrew Jackson, on his behalf. President Jackson then issued a formal pardon, dropping all charges. Wilson would only have to serve a prison term of 20 years for his other crimes. Incredibly, George Wilson refused the pardon. An official report stated, Wilson chose to waive and decline any advantage or protection which might be supposed to arise from the pardon. Wilson also stated that he had nothing to say and did not wish in any manner to avail himself in order to avoid sentence. The U.S. Supreme Court then determined that the court cannot give the prisoner the benefit of the pardon unless he claims the benefit of it. It is a grant to him. It is his property, and he may accept it or not as he pleases. Chief Justice John Marshall of the Supreme Court wrote, A pardon is an act of grace, proceeding from the power entrusted with the execution of the laws. But delivery is not completed without acceptance. It may then be rejected by the person to whom it is tendered, and we have no power in a court to force it on him. George Wilson committed a crime. George Wilson was tried. George Wilson was found guilty. He was sentenced for execution. But a presidential decree granted him a full pardon. When he chose to refuse that pardon, he chose to die. Now, hearing this amazing story, we might wonder, well, how would anybody or how could anybody refuse a pardon for the death sentence? This man was a fool. But what if you are also refusing a pardon? One that's enabling you to spend eternity in the presence of God rather than eternal separation from Him in a place that the Bible calls hell. If you've already accepted this pardon, how grateful are you for the work that Christ did on your behalf? If you belong to Jesus Christ, this life that we're living right now, this is the worst thing you'll ever know. You have an eternity in heaven to look forward to. 
if you've not trusted in Christ, would you do that right now? Which side of the cross are you on? Do you understand your sin? Do you understand that you've broken God's law, that you are a sinner and there is no way you can get to heaven on your own? The Bible even says in Ephesians 2 that we are dead in trespasses and sin. Do you understand who Jesus Christ is? Do you understand that He's your Savior? That He rose again? That He died on the cross for your sin? And He offers salvation to all who will receive it. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you understand your situation without Christ? That without Christ, we face an eternity of separation from God in hell. If you'd like to receive Christ, you can do it right now. Call out to Him. Pray and ask Him. Ask Him to save you. Ask Him to forgive you of your sin. Lord, I, I'm sorry for my sin. Please forgive me and save me. It's not my words that will save you, but it's you calling out to God out of a heart of faith, trusting in Him. It's not through your good works. It's only through Jesus that your sins are forgiven. Let's thank the Lord for dying in our place. You can cry out to Him, Lord, save me. Forgive me of my sin. Lord, I'm sorry that I've done wrong. Lord, I know that I can't do anything to save myself. So that's why I'm calling on you to forgive me of my sin. Lord, please save me and forgive me. In Jesus' name, amen. You can call out to the Lord and ask Him to save you. And I hope that you'll do that tonight if you've never done it. Which side of the cross are you on? The side of the thief who rejected Christ or the side of the sinner? Saved by grace. Thank you so much for spending part of your Friday evening here with us at Arise Baptist Church. We trust that you've received a blessing as we've reflected together on the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you have any questions about what you've heard tonight, or if you've made the decision to trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, we would love to hear from you. Would you connect with us? Our email is info at arisebaptistchurch.org or you can connect with us on Facebook as well. We would love to hear from you and see how we can help you take the next steps on your spiritual walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. We'd also like to invite you to our Easter service on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. You can watch that virtually on Facebook or we would encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. It's going to be a wonderful time of praising the Lord and rejoicing in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Thank you again for choosing to spend part of your weekend with us. Have a happy Easter weekend and God bless.